For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney+. I now? Well, I'm glad I asked. I'm doing terrific because the Montreal Canadiens defeat the Tampa Bay Lightning by a score of 5-4 to four in a shootout. Hello and welcome to episode 69, nice, of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and I am doing terrific, folks. I'm doing nice. I went into that game against the Lightning with zero expectations. I mean... Less than zero expectations. I expected it to potentially get ugly, and it did not. Right from the very first drop of the puck, this game was close. The Habs in the first period, you know, legitimately, I thought they were the better team. But of course, you know, they get a point shot. Steven Stamkos tips it in. one nothing for the Lightning. And you start to think, uh-oh, this could get ugly because the Lightning are clearly on paper and in the standings a much better team than Montreal Canadiens and then of course it gets even worse later on in that period Anthony Sorelli crashes the net runs right into Jake Allen puck goes in they review it they count it it's a goal two nothing for the Tampa Bay Lightning at the end of one period I felt like that one should not have counted but (laughs) look the NHL themselves have no idea what goaltender interference even is at this point. So how am I supposed to know? How is anybody supposed to know? They don't know. So we end up, we, we we go into the second period. It's 2-0 for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the Montreal Canadiens storm back into this game. I felt like they were the better team in the first period. And they really showed that they were the better team in the second period. Took about, I don't know, eight minutes or so to get back on the board. Habs get a 2-on-0. It's Cole Caulfield coming in. And Cole Caulfield roofs that baby. And it's 2-1. Habs are back in it. Lightning get one back. Nikita Kucherov. Of course, the guy who (laughs) has caused all these problems in terms of trying to figure out the LTIR issue in the NHL. He scores, makes it 3-1 for the Tampa Bay Lightning. But the Montreal Canadiens get it back again. Corey Schooneman. Let's loose a floater from the point. 
goes in three to two and then it's Josh Anderson going five hole on a breakaway makes it three three but of course Tampa Bay Lightning they're tough Braden Point gets another one makes it four to three for the Tampa Bay Lightning and that is how the second period would end and then in the third period very early very early in that period Tyler Pitlick throws it across ice to Ryan Paling he throws a beautiful no look backhand pass across the ice to Jesse Lonan and he fires it in and makes it 4-4 and that is how the third period would end we go into overtime folks and overtime solves absolutely nothing it was pretty back and forth but there were no you know I, I would say there were no grade A chances in that overtime anyways personally I didn't grade any of them as as A chances maybe you did I don't know but we go to a shootout, and the shootout, folks, is another one. This was really a goaltender battle. Braden Point goes first. Save. Cole Caulfield goes next. Cole Caulfield, a guy that you really expect to score, he gets stopped. Nikita Kucherov misses. Rem Pitlick stopped. Steven Stamko stopped. Nick Suzuki, chance to win it. He walks in, goes to the forehand, sells it. Like he's going to go forehand, brings it back to the backhand, puts it in, and that is a wrap, folks. The Montreal Canadiens win in a shootout thanks to Nick Suzuki, potentially the next captain of the Montreal Canadiens, leads his team to two points that they that they definitely don't need, but that you like to get against a team that good, against a team that you know beat you in the Stanley Cup final last season against a team that a lot of people think can get back to the Stanley Cup final again this season. I mean, nobody expects them to win that game, and they do. I mean, the medal of this team since they had their coaching change is is, is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now, I think I have to do my, my customary ref complaint at this point. The Sorelli goal that they ended up allowing... And they even, you know, Montreal got a penalty out of that as well because they challenged for goaltender interference. And I don't know how that was called a goal. I don't. But I've talked about this before. I don't think that the NHL knows what is and is not goaltender interference. Right? This is not something I think is like a conspiracy against the Montreal Canadiens. I legitimately don't think that they have any kind of standard for what they're looking to call. I think that's the main problem in the NHL right now is that they have no idea. If they did, then we would at least see a modicum of consistency. I mean, that goal to me, it it looked like he gets pad with his stick, I think. I don't know. I have to go back and look at it again. But he gets pad before he actually gets puck. So if that's true, if I'm right about that, doesn't that make it goaltender interference? Doesn't you hitting his pad first mean that any attempt for him to get the puck thereafter is tainted by the fact that you got his pad? I don't know. I mean, I've said this before. You could have identical goals the same night in two different games and have two completely different calls on the ice and have two completely different calls on review as well. 
the league really needs to look at that and figure out what it is that they want to call and what they don't want to call. Because Sorelli didn't even just have that goal. Later on in that same period, he also ran into Allen again. And that time he didn't end up scoring. So there was no goal to review. But why didn't they call goaltender interference the second time that he ran into him? He didn't look like he got touched whatsoever. So I'm confused. What is and what is not goaltender interference? And I'm not the only one who's confused. I think a huge percentage of NHL fans are confused by that rule. And I think that the officials themselves are confused as well. I think the league really needs to sit down in the offseason and figure this out. At some point, they have to. Because it's right now, it's brutal. You, you have no idea what's going to happen. How are you supposed to challenge anything when you have no frame of reference? It doesn't exist. But I digress, as always. Uh, player of the game. Uh, there was quite a few options I could have gone with. What a game. The Habs look great. Against a team as good as the Lightning to look as good as they did, man, I, I can't say enough about it. Uh, but I got to pick one, right? And I could have gone with Josh Anderson. I felt like he had a really good game. Uh, I could have gone with Jake Allen. I mean, he got scored on four times, but he looked great again. You know, he's had a, f a fucking rough stretch of games. He had to play Florida twice. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes and the Toronto Maple Leafs in his last four. And then his, his fifth game comes against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, five games against what? Like the top three of the Eastern Conference? Top four of the Eastern Conference? Rough. Could have gone with Jake Allen, but I'm not going to. Could have gone with Nick Suzuki. I thought he had a great game too. Honestly. That shootout goal was just fantastic. But I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go with him either. I have to go. I, I have to go with Cole Caulfield. Folks, I cannot stress enough how fun it is for me to watch Cole Caulfield play hockey since he got a new coach. Martin Saint-Louis knows exactly what to do with this kid, and it is unbelievably fun watching him out there having fun. I mean, it's it's just such a stark contrast to the first 45 games of the season where he looked like, you know, he, he looked like he was just out there earning a paycheck. Looked like he was punching a clock. And then we get to this new version under Martin Saint-Louis where he looks like legitimately this is the most fun he's ever been having in his entire life. And that's what it's all about, right? I mean, you don't get into playing hockey because you want to make money. It's not the thing that drives you, right? When you're a kid and you start playing, it's because you think it's fun and it's what you want to do. And I think, you know, I've, I've never played professional hockey, but I think if you want to have success at the highest level, you have to be having fun. Look at Trevor Zegris of the Anaheim Ducks. That guy is, he's doing lacrosse Michigan goals on a regular basis. He's doing it around his own teammates at this point. That guy's just straight up having fun playing hockey. And now we're seeing that with Cole Caulfield. I think this is the best possible news for, for fans of the Montreal Canadiens is that this kid is actually having fun playing hockey again. Because now he gets to be himself. He gets to find that open space. He gets to take those shots. And he gets to go 
Bardowski. And he does it regularly. I've said it before. If the only thing that the Habs get out of this season is a high draft pick and a couple of guys take steps forward in their careers, you could view it as a success. Regardless of how bad they they do in the standings, you could take those things and you could say, well, you know what, we got a good draft pick and a couple of guys took steps forward. Caulfield is taking a massive step forward, especially in contrast to his first 45 games, what he's done so far. He's at 15 goals now. He's at 15 goals now, got rookie of the month. He might sneak his way into the Calder conversation even after having such a brutal start to his year. I do not think he will win the Calder. I think that is absolutely Moritz uh, Cedar's trophy to lose. And I, I can't see him losing it at this point. But Caulfield might sneak his way in there as a nominee. As, as a nominee, at the very least. I Again, I don't think he'll win. But, I mean, he's got a case. If you look at what he's doing towards the end of the year here, he's blowing up. He might hit 20 goals. I, I think it's almost a foregone conclusion that he will at this point. He's at 15 now, and we got what? plenty of games left for him to get five more I mean who thought that was even possible rewind you know a month and a half ago if I told you Caulfield's going to be at 15 goals you'd be like how how's he doing that right you wouldn't have believed it you wouldn't have even believed a month and a half ago that it was possible for the Habs to beat the Lightning at all never mind you know go down (laughs) <laughs> Two nothing in the first period. Come back, get it to overtime, and beat him in a shootout. I mean, that was fun. That was fun. The Habs are having fun. I'm having fun watching the Habs, and I hope everybody else is having fun watching the Habs too. Um, I'm gonna cut it off there because uh, it's super late. Uh, I was a little bit late getting home, so I'm late recording this as well. We are running um, over 13 minutes. So, gros soirée pour les employés de soutien. We are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter, at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. We'll see you next episode. So, of course, à la prochaine. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.